Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're also every single day at 7 p.m. on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Net. It's free. You'll get us there. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com every single day at 10 a.m. till 12. Cover more than just the Miami Heat. And FiveReasonSports.com, spell that one out. I'm sure Brady Hawk already has his latest takeaways up. I'm sure that they're not particularly positive tonight. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Got a lot of them, including our friends over at Prize Picks. Use the code 5FIVE. It's at PrizePicks.com. This is the new way to play daily fantasy. You can play either a general fantasy score or play the single stat categories. For instance, if you thought that Tyler Hero was going to go over, I think the number tonight was 18.5 points, you would have won even though the Heat didn't. Just pair them with other players on other teams or even go to other sports. They've got soccer, tennis, highlight. They've got just about anything. They'll have baseball when that comes back as well. So you can do those multiple sport pairings and you can also play power play, which means you're all in or play flex play where you hedge a little bit to get some of your money back. So again, use the code five F I V E at prizepicks.com. these days with the heat playing poorly. That might be the reason to watch the game. So make sure you check it out. Prizepicks.com. Again, the code is five. And now tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. No Greg or Alex tonight. I'm going to call them out. I think they both fell asleep. I don't really mind. <laughs> I don't really blame them. Uh, but we went to the bench tonight, although we, we may have a deeper bench than the Heat do. Uh, went to the streams uh, to, to a couple of the guys who are usually on Clutch Corner, which airs every Tuesday night on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I've got Adam Borai. You can follow him at Clutch Adam NBA. I think I got that right. Finally. And we've got Michael Christian. You can follow him at Michael five RSN. We like that handle. All right. We're, we're not going to focus a ton on tonight's game. Not because we don't need to cover it because we do, because it was a disaster. There were no excuses tonight. No Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George. The heat still lose the game. They give up over 120. They basically pull ahead and then it falls apart in the fourth quarter. They couldn't control Marcus Morris in the first half. Uh, they couldn't control Lou Williams or Zubats or Luke Kennard late. Um, so let's go through it a little bit, guys. But really, this is going to be a podcast to project forward because I I know, Adam, you're going to be all over me about kind of trades I didn't want to make before. My hands have been thrown up. Um, I, this one of all the losses, and there are a lot of bad losses this year, is completely inexcusable. What was the worst thing that you saw tonight? I don't know. I think it was the whole game. I mean, they didn't play a lick of defense. 125 points to a team missing four starters. I mean, not even the worst teams in the NBA can manage – doing something like this. And I think we can put the heat now with the way that they're playing as one of those worst bottom tier teams, because they haven't shown me anything all season suggesting otherwise that they're a good team. This is just not a good team. I mean, I'm looking down the box score right now and I see Marcus Morris had 32. Lou Williams had 18. Terrence Mann had 15. Luke Kennard had 10. Amir Coffey had 15. And 
Zubats had 22, and these guys aren't even playing 30 minutes. So all around, what a horrendous performance from this defensive Heat team. Michael, I got a text during the game from someone who's pretty close with a Heat player who says, why are they switching everything? Um, you know, and, and, and I understand, look, I'm an Eric Spolstra supporter. Um, I've backed him through everything. I still believe he's an elite coach, but things are not working right now. And, and I don't know if he just doesn't trust this group to defend straight up, which may be warranted actually with the personnel on the roster, but they were a top 10 defense for what it's worth in defensive efficiency. And yet they're switching, like they're switching before the screens made at this point. Um, and, and they just, they don't close out. They, they just weren't guarding anybody tonight. What did you see? I mean, let's start out with the fact that this team doesn't really have a lot of pieces that can even defend. You've got Bam who can defend, Jimmy Butler that can defend, and the other three guys that were in the starting lineup haven't been known for the defense and are really detrimental on that side of the floor. So already with the starting lineup, they're starting behind. And the people that they're bringing in off the bench, Precious, his defense is okay. It's not really what you wanted so far, but he's a rookie. So you'll kind of you'll give him a pass for that one, right? Iguodala, known as a defensive player, he was minus 10 tonight. And then Mo Harkless was brought in at one point to help defensively. And he had one of the worst impacts I've seen on a game in such a short span in a really long time, leaving Marcus Morris open for whatever he wanted to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if at least, I don't know, maybe like 40% of Marcus Morris's points came when Mo Harkless was in the game guarding him. I, I think Spo is a fantastic coach. I love Spo. I'm not trying to get rid of him. But there are times where he has to figure something out. And this defense has looked this porous basically all season. So they have to do something to fix this. And he's got to find a way to fix it. Well, uh, look, they started the second half at him a little better. I mean, I, you know, I mean, defensively, they, they tightened up some. And then the switching, I mean, how many times can you have Kendrick Nunn guard Zubats? I mean, you're, you're turning a guy who's a borderline starting center in the NBA into someone who looked like Jokic or Embiid <laughs> at the end of the game. And again, I, it, we've talked about them not having enough bigs to help Bam. He won't play Precious and Bam together. So they end up running Harkless out there. I mean, look, Mo Harkless, by all accounts, is a nice guy. Um, you know, he's had a serviceable NBA career. The acquisition has been a disaster. I, I don't know any other way to look at it. There's one game where he's made a positive impact where he paid 30 minutes. And beyond that, it just hasn't worked at all. Avery Bradley, the other offseason acquisition, I mean, we've hardly seen him because of a variety of situations, whether it's COVID or the injury. They've just gotten no – and, you know, Precious, I thought, played a much better second half than he's he's played recently. They just got no impact out of the offseason. It's like when you say they're a bad team – I mean, is this all just losing Jay Crowder? I, I, I don't – how do they look so much worse than last year? I think it's a combination of a few things. Last year, they were a brand-new team. They had brand-new sets. No one knew who Duncan was. Kendrick, Jimmy had just shown up. We didn't know what kind of leap Bam was going to take. So none of the players were scouted last year. This year, it's different, right? Um, not only that, but we have the loss of guys like Dan Craig. We lost DJJ, who was a defender, Jay Crowder. So I think it's all of that mixed together, as well as the loss of a prolonged offseason that we usually have. But I think there's something else here, because it feels like this team has never played together ever before. And it, what's funny is that they spent three months in the bubble together, and all they did was see one another. They played against each other. They 
um, played with each other. They went all the way to the finals. They ate together all their meals. So it feels weird that none of these players feel like they know one another. And I'm looking more at the box score. And in 13 minutes, Mo Harkless was a minus six. Mm-hmm. And he had one rebound and two assists, which might actually be one of his best games. <laughs> right from a statistical perspective no, and, and no, I, I hate to laugh at it but you're right i mean it's just they, they've got nothing i mean they, they spent that exception and we're going to talk a little bit more about what could have happened because you tweeted this out today they spent that exception uh because they didn't want to go into 20 we all know in through 2021 they spent it on bradley and harkless i i think at the time i mean i thought it was reasonable i had both moves okay i mean harkless has been you know he's been you know a a proven NBA player, um, you know, not an elite player, but a guy who's been serviceable. And Avery Bradley obviously filled a role that they needed. The Avery thing is bad luck, a lot of it, but and the Harkless thing to a certain degree too. But when we've seen him play, I don't know what it is they're looking for. <laughs> like, what what are they expecting for him? He's not big enough to play up. Um, he doesn't seem quick enough to play the real small guys. He doesn't give you any spacing. He can't put the ball on the floor. I mean, what what did they see? I don't know. It's a mystery to me, but whatever it was, it clearly isn't happening for them on the court. And to say that you have to have a 30 point triple double Jimmy Butler and you lose the game to the Clippers third stringers, the more I'm looking at this game, the worse it gets. And I don't think that this four game winning streak the Heat recently had should be seen as it's, it's a mirage right? They had 30 point triple double Jimmy Butler for those four games to squeak pa- past teams like the wizards and the, the rockets and teams like that. So and the Knicks and the Knicks who, I the, mean, the Knicks, twice. I mean, say what you will about the Knicks defense, but I mean, come on. I mean, you know, I mean, they're not elite, right? I mean, as an overall team, I mean, I, and, and you're right. I mean, Jimmy has played really, he's played at an elite level except for one game, the Utah game, which they probably weren't winning even if he did. Right. I mean, but the, right? the point stands, even at that Utah game, I mean, if you're going to have six amazing elite performances, he's going to have one bad one. Right. So that like, you know, I I'm fine with that one game that he had because he's been carrying this team. And for a 31 year old who has bad knees, a bad ankle, and just came off of that finals performance, it's a disservice that this front office did to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, frankly, to put this Heat team together and not improve. With the way that we saw the Lakers improve after winning a championship, this team did the exact opposite. Michael, I'll go to you to try to put a bow on this, and then we're going to move forward. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to. I don't know what else you say. I mean, they they basically, with the exception of Lou Williams, it was like, and you know Marcus Morris, who we're going to talk about more. It was like random scrub Heat killer night, like in full effect, and I. You know, again, I don't know what to say. I mean, you get to a certain point where you're just like, okay, mercy. Uh, I don't, you know, but I mean, was there any, I mean, Hero played well today uh, in the second half offensively. Was there any, I mean, Bam, I thought at times realized he needed to be aggressive. And so he was Jimmy in the post was, Jimmy was tremendous overall, but Jimmy in the post was, was great. And other than the one time that he, I don't know, he decided not to take a 12-footer or go to the basket to pass to a covered Olenek when another of those contested Olenek jumpers went up. He was pretty great. Was there anything else that you took from this tonight before we can move on? In terms of positives? Anything. anything, is, Is there anything to say? This team was those three guys tonight. It was Jimmy, it was Bam, it was Tyler, and they played well, the three of them, and no one else stepped up. And as a whole, the defense, we keep talking about random scrub heat killers. 
I think at this point, the random scrub heat killer is the heat zone defense. That ha That's the only solution because it keeps happening. And you talked about this as one of the worst losses. This was another must-win game that they've lost. And I go back to the first game they had against the Wizards. Sorry, the second game they had against the Wizards this season. The first of the two, you know, they played against them back-to-back. -back. The Wizards were coming into that game without Russell Westbrook. They were coming into that game having played a game the night before, and the Heat lost that one too. Whether they're playing down to their opponents or not, these losses just keep happening, and you have to wonder, is there any solution on this team, or is the solution going to have to be taking one of those three guys that played well, Tyler, and trying to trade him and upgrade to a better player? The Clippers were on a back-to-back, -back, by the way. Yeah, I know. that. That's the other part of this that's disgusting. It's just disgusting. I, I don't... There's, and, and we're getting to the point where the Heat fan is going to be apathetic and, and you can't you can't keep telling them, well, when they're whole or, you know, they're only two and a half games out of the five spot. I mean, at a certain point, like if you're not winning games, you're not winning games. And if you're not winning games that are be basically being handed to you on a silver platter, you're not a good team. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to hope traffic that. I mean, there's no other way to put it. We're going to talk about what's next in a second what's potentially next. I got a text from someone. So think about this through the break. Well, not someone's I was texting with Sedano tonight and he texted me. There are no moves from them to make. That's the tough part. So Adam, I'm going to let you chew on that. And then we're going to get to the next step. Cause you know, George is pretty connected in the league. So We'll discuss that. Uh, before we do, though, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. He never throws up a clunker like that. Did you know that the best time to sell a house in South Florida is now? As prices are at record levels, your property is probably worth more than you realize. If you're interested in finding out how much, let me recommend you consult Eric Brown at FiveReasonsRealtor.com. That's F-I-V-E, ReasonsRealtor.com, the official real estate advisor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Eric's a real estate professional with several years of experience representing clients from all walks of life with the Wharton School Business Education. He's uniquely qualified at identifying property value, negotiating on your behalf, and providing an unmatched level of service. I know he's got some properties in the Boca Raton area, so make sure you ask him about that. So if you're considering selling or buying a home in South Florida or just want to chat about heat basketball or about real estate, contact Eric. Here's the phone number, 305-967-9089, 305-967-9089, or go to fivereasonsrealtor.com. If he can't help you, he'll recommend someone who can. Find out what his specialized professional business approach can do for you today. That's Eric Brown at fivereasonsrealtor.com. Again, F-I-V-E, reasonsrealtor.com, the official real estate advisor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also, He's on here with me from time to time doing his value plays segment. Speaking of value plays, um, we've talked about big moves and we've talked about potential small moves. Now you reported, and I know we've been sitting on this for a little while and everybody's like, why didn't you report this before? There are reasons for that. Um, that the Heat thought they had Marcus Morris who <laughs> repaid them by not signing with them and then having 26 of the first half tonight. They thought that they had Marcus Morris this offseason can you get, is there any more detail you can provide there, Adam? What I can say it was a, a large deal and it's what forced the Clippers to match the offer. And when we saw during that free agency rush, oh, Marcus Morris got a $64 million deal. That's way above value. Well, I could just tell you it's because the Heat made an offer and the Clippers had to beat it. But when you say match, I, I just want to be clear on this. And I know uh, from our conversations, there are some specifics you can't get into. But when you say match, the Heat were not offering four years, 64 million, right? I mean, that's, no. not, that's not what you're saying. You're, you're not saying the years were to that degree. No, um, think, but it think was, Gallinari money. Right, 
Okay. Think Gallimanari money, short-term deal uh, of significant money, which essentially is kind of what they offered Jay Crowder. <laughs> Uh, but again, our understanding is that Morris might have actually taken priority to Crowder. Okay, so take that for what you will. Marcus Morris goes off against the Heat tonight. Um, seemed to be the type of four that they needed. So again, uh, a lot of breaks against them in the offseason as well as during the season, right? I mean, Giannis's situation, Morris doesn't take a deal with them. They're left scrambling for power forwards. They come up with Mo Harkless. That hasn't worked out. They've tried Iguodala. That hasn't worked out. Jimmy at the four, not really ideal. Precious, not really ready. Won't play him with Bam. Olenek, one good game, three bad games. I mean, <laughs> on and on and on. Adam, is there, I mean, is George right? There are no moves for them to make. See, the Heat are in a really, really tough spot because we're in a weird part of the season where every single team in the NBA is still in a playoff race. And when every single team, plus the fact that there's a play-in game that goes up until the 10th seed, you'll find teams that normally sell around this time, they're not going to be selling. And if they are, it's for a premium price. So Bielitsa, who you could have had for nothing, now might cost you a second rounder, right? Not saying that that's what it's going to cost, but that's the equivalent of value. So I've said it, and, and you know this conversation is going to be amplified over the next few weeks. This Heat team is not making the Eastern Conference Finals. And when you have Jimmy Butler, where you have to make sure that you have a team ready for him to contend right away, I think you need to see this as a lost season. And when I say lost season, I don't mean trade everybody and, 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 and try again next year. I mean, retool this year, trade guys who you otherwise wouldn't have traded, get assets and still try to be a player this year. Maybe you can get up to the second rounder, the second round uh, of the, of the playoffs. Maybe you even just go to the first round and that's a successful season. If you trade away guys, and when I say trade away guys for assets, that's a way to generate assets so that in the summer, if a superstar were to ever become available, like James Harden, you make that deal and you can retool, right? If a Levine becomes available in the summer or if a Beal, Beal in particular, because if he's available in the summer, you have to be able to be a Philadelphia offer. You have to be mm -hmm. able to be a Washington, a, a Denver offer, right? So we need to be smart about this and not make a trade for the sake of making a trade. Does Oladipo take you to the Eastern Conference Finals? If not, why trade for him? Does Kyle Lowry do that? If not, why trade for him? Mm -hmm. PJ Tucker, we can go on and on and on. But if there are guys that are available that could even be rentals, why go for them if you don't make the Eastern Conference Finals? You're only wasting assets that could be used in the summer when you can retool and create a better team. So it sounds to me like your idea now, and so we've discussed this a little bit, but I don't think we've discussed it in quite that context on five on the floor. Your idea now is take the step back to eventually take two, two steps forward, as opposed to try to take the half step forward right now right. To, to consider a contender. And, and I get that. I think the thing that's frustrating for Heat fans on that, Michael, is that all we were told was how many assets they had, right? <laughs> 
you know, like, okay, we, you know, we're in better position. We've got all these chips. We've got these young players on these, you know, very, you know, uh, you know, easy, you know, easy to deal with contracts, uh, you know, in addition to obviously already having your core and Bam and, and Jimmy that you could build around. And you, you did have some first round picks, not the full complement, but more than you maybe had in past years. I mean, all of this seemed really positive. And now we're basically saying, and I can't say I disagree with Adam, but now you're basically saying, okay, now, you know, basically the season becomes about asset accumulation. Whereas that wasn't the case before, especially because you don't have a first round pick in a year that's going to be an exceptionally strong draft. And you're caught sort of, you know, again, kind of with your pants down on that. Again, that's for previous mistakes, not, not for anything that's happened in the last year or two. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that? You know, as I mean, you position yourself as a fan, Michael, like the idea that, okay, we're basically saying this season is not one where we just got to the finals. We're not going to try to contend. Yeah. I mean, I'm absolutely a fan of this team and I want them to succeed. And this has never been an organization that will sell off for the future. They've just never proven like they wanted to do that. Even years where it seems like tanking would be the best option. They haven't done that. So it's hard to see this team selling off assets even though I agree with Adam, I think that is the best course of action at this point. It's just hard to see that happening. It, it's not a very Riley move, but you got to look at the assets that are currently on the team and you have to consider the value that they had coming into the season and the value they have now. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, even Casey Paula probably had some value coming into the season. And now that they've played him a few minutes and he yeah. hasn't really been what they've expected, the value for every single player on this team has kind of nosedived except for what Max Struess. And that's because he came in as a nobody. Maybe mm -hmm. Max Struess has some trade value, but probably not that much. They're in a really tough spot. And if they look for a rental, if they think a patchwork is going to get this done, I completely agree with Adam. It, it's just and, not. And Michael, I'll, I'll say this. I've had this conversation and I wish Greg were here to fight me, but why are the heat above trading Goran Dragic? Why? That's where I was going to go here with you. Uh, that's okay. To me, that's the breaking point. Like everybody talks about hero and Robinson, but the cases for trading both of them have been pretty clearly stated, right? Like in Duncan's case, it's, can you know he be an end of the game player for you because he, is he someone you can trust defensively is he worth the 18 or so million that he might get in free agency um particularly we saw what happened with the Bertans contract although that one hasn't worked out very well for Washington so you know I I I I understand you know sort of the case that's made with Duncan with Hero it's well you you only trade him if you can get a clear upgrade you know a proven superstar at that position. That one makes sense. The one we really haven't discussed is Dragic. And I think the reason we haven't discussed Dragic is because sen sentimentally, we don't want to, right? Like nobody's attached to Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero in the way that we're attached to Goran Dragic. I mean, he's somebody who probably deserves to have the number seven up in the rafters. He had a tremendous performance to get them to the finals last year. Everybody felt horrible about him getting hurt in the finals. Then the way he came back from it, tried to play, came back, was right back for training camp the next two months later when we didn't really expect that. Nobody wants to talk about that. I'm with you. But ultimately, if you're talking about all these teams being so bunched up, in the East or even in the West, like a Goran Dragic could put a team over the top, right? Like, I mean, what, Ethan, what could he command? A first round pick? Yes. But Ethan, here's the thing. Uh, you're contradicting yourself. You said all these teams are bunched up, but then mm -hmm. the heat are so far back. It's got to be one or the other. I mean, for the, for the case of Goran Dragic, he could definitely get you a first round pick. But if we want to talk emotions aside, 
a 35-year-old on a non-contending team mm-hmm. who's playing well, you should trade. Am I wrong here? And the thing about no, Duncan, no, you're, you're not wrong, but I, I think you're actually making the case I made, which is that I'm saying, yes, these teams are all bunched up, but there's a difference between being bunched up, like say, I don't know, a rising, not that Phoenix needs a point guard, so they're a bad example, but like a rising team like Phoenix. Okay, or let me look, look for a team that could use a point guard. Dallas. Uh, okay, Dallas, Philadelphia. Okay, potentially, right. if you want to, if you, you know, if you, you want another score and you want to move Simmons off the ball more often. Uh, you know, Goran Dragic could be the difference for a team like that that actually seems to have upside potential. I think the point that I've gotten to, and I think you've been there, and I think Sedano has been there and some others, is that I felt, I'm not to the Greg level on this stuff, but I felt like this team still had upside potential. You know, and when I talk to people inside the organization, they felt, okay, let's get healthy and let's see. And they f- seem fairly confident about it. I'm no longer confident. You cannot lose that game to Washington. You can't, you know, losing to Milwaukee by 40 early in the season. All right, fine. Okay. You didn't have Jimmy all the right, but like this game tonight to me, you're the rested team. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. Don't give me the Dragic is out. You knew that they don't have, you know, one of the top five players in the world and another who's arguably top 12. Okay. And you lose that game in that way where you don't defend anybody. And there are guys literally I had never heard of. I'm not canard, but the coffee kid, I mean like who are, who are going off on you at this point, like, yeah, they broke my back tonight. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, they just did. I mean, you can't, you cannot lose that game. Like the Utah game, Utah is destroying everybody. Although I know they were tighter against an MB less Philadelphia tonight, but uh, but this, you cannot lose. I, I don't care. The Clippers are third in the West. That wasn't the Clippers. Okay. I, that, that can't happen. And so I'm, I'm come, I've come around on this. I, I have a hard, I have a harder time with the Dragic thing, maybe because right. of personal relationship, maybe because, okay. Of, you know, I, I think he deserves a chance to kind of see it through with them, but you're right. As a pure basketball play, it would make sense. And I, unlike the heat, there are teams that seem to have upside potential for which the addition of a Goran Dragic, I mean, just look at Boston. I mean, they don't have a point guard really. I mean, Kemba's (laughs) kind of useless this year. Like Dragic would be an upgrade. It provided that, you know, he's ambulatory. So, you know, he, the Heat aren't going to trade him to Danny, but I'm they're, just—they're not like, trading him. Period. That's just not what they. No, do. I get it, but but they're even less likely to do that. But I'm just saying, I I, I don't. Know. Michael, you're feeling on it. Here's here's the thing with Goran. I love the guy. He's put in so much with this team, and he's been with this team through some of those times. You're like, man, you really had to stick through it. But I feel such a way about Goran that I'm thinking I kind of do want to send him somewhere else where maybe he has a better shot at winning a ring sooner. Because I don't think this team is it right now in the way it's constructed. If you send him to one of those higher up teams, if you were to send him to a Philadelphia, he has a much better chance. You could get some assets in return. This team, the way it's built right now, is just not built to win the championship. I agree with Adam. I don't even think they're going to make well, it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, Michael, let me play devil's advocate. Here's the reason to not trade Goron. Because right now he's on a bloated one-year deal. Maybe this summer he signs for nothing for the veteran minimum. Then you keep him and he's now playing above his contract. Now, yeah, but th- it's not going to be a veteran. I mean, it's going to be a lower deal. It'll, it's not, right. not going to be a veteran. Now, now, the difference with Duncan is if you wait till this summer and you don't deal him, now you have to pay him. You can't let him walk. And when you have mm. to pay him, now he's not an asset until 
December, January, however long. So now you're stuck with the majority of this team for this summer. That's why I'm making the case to trade Duncan. You can get two first round picks for him, right? And then you come back this summer and retool. You can pick up JJ Redick off the street and you can retool with that. That's the difference between Duncan and Goron for me, because Duncan, when you sign him, you're stuck there. Uh, I understand he's an asset. You can move him in, in February, March, whenever it's going to be. But that's your team right there. You know, the other part of this, though, is the Jimmy factor. And Jimmy wants to win a championship, but Jimmy also has affection for particular players. We saw that this offseason, the quick signing of Dragic, the re-signing of Myers Leonard. Um, I don't know how that's going to play with him trading Goron. I just, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I mean, Jimmy puts winning above all else, but I mean, that's a pretty special bond that he built with that guy. And I, yeah. I have a hard time believing he would sign off. I, I just don't it, think he would sign it. off. It'll never do it. Even if Jimmy really wasn't don't. here and, and Goron still had the same heart that the heat have towards him, it's, it just wouldn't happen. It's just not something the heat would do. Yeah, probably, probably not. I mean, beyond that, there are other, Potential short-term fixes. I mean, Thad Young, somebody we talked about on the pregame. Um, I mean, there, there are other possibilities. And then there's just going all in and just resetting the whole roster and trying to find a lottery pick to send to Atlanta to get John Collins, you know, which again, to get that lottery pick, you're going to have to get that somewhere else because you don't have it. Uh, but I, I just, I'm, I'm leaning, I'll tell you this, and I'm leaning more and more. Maybe Greg will talk me back off the ledge when he's back on here tomorrow. But I am leaning more and more towards, you know, that they need a major, major shakeup. I mean, I and I, I just knowing Riley, I mean, 20, you know, 25 years of him running this thing and, and me covering the team like it, it's to me, this would have been his breaking point tonight. The offensive struggles against Utah. OK, you know, you don't shoot well on a given night and it gets to you and it affects the rest of your game and your spacing isn't good. OK, but to allow that team to do this to you tonight, this is like embarrassing defining loss that if he's been on the edge to do something, he does it I, to me. And I think you're right. He may go backwards. I just don't know. You know, he's turning 76, I think in a month. Um, I don't know how far back he wants to go Adam. Like That's, that's the thing. Like it would I only mean, be a year. He's going to reset. I know, but you just, you've been selling to the fans, right? Like that you have enough assets Going into 21, you've got cap space. You got, now, the BAM extension, I know, changed some things, but and now it's like you're going to make a bat. You know, wouldn't this be the year to do it though? With no fans, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, with no fans in the stands. I mean, they're, they're hiking it up to 3,600. I don't know that they'll get that many. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, at, at this point, you've got the rest of this West Coast trip coming up, right? They just lost to this Clippers team that had nobody that was recognizable. They didn't even have Nicholas Batum, right? Who killed the Heat last time. Yeah. They've got the Warriors. They're not Beverly up. either. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got the Warriors I mean, coming up. The, the schedule is not kind to the Heat. It's not looking like they're going to come out of this looking good. And at this point, anybody that hits the market, in my opinion, that they can get for cheap. So if a Blake Griffin gets bought out, when Alex Len got let go, you, the Heat aren't in a position where they can snub their noses up and say, no, nah, that guy's not going to fit. We're not even going to try them. At this point, they've got to kind of try whoever they can find as long as it's cheap. Because then you saw Alex Len yeah. kill this Heat team when he came down right? Like Zubox right. looked great tonight. They can't turn their noses up and think we're better than these players because they're not. No, that's a good point. I mean, the Len point is a good point. Um, obviously, Derek Rose is somebody I thought they could have been in on more than they were. Um, I don't know how close that got. I know that uh, Vinny had them reported as one of the teams that was interested. I, 
the Blake thing, I mean, to me, Blake shot, but, and I tweeted a lot about that. I mean, he's, he's, you know, his splits, I don't think it's just not being motivated in Detroit. He's shot. I mean, you know, his splits are 37, 31 and 71. And he, he hasn't dunked since 2019 and he can't defend. So, I I mean, I don't know that he helps you other than just being a name to change the mix. And I've heard that. And I said this on the pregame that, that would have to be sold to some heat players. I'll just put it that way. Um, I, I don't think that they'd be all in on that, but at this point, I mean, when you're 11 and 16, you don't really have a say anyway. So it is, it is what it is. I'm with you on that, Michael. All right. Follow him at clutch Adam NBA, or is it clutch NBA? Adam, I always screw that up. Give it to me. Clutch Adam NBA. You got it. Th- thank you. Right. The first time. All right. Follow uh, Michael R five RSN uh, somewhere. Greg and Alex are in dreamland, but I'm expecting them to be, back tomorrow and make sure you check out the stream on the YouTube channel. We had a bunch of newbies with Royal tonight. He, he basically, he was like Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. He, he took the third string and he beat everybody. I kind of feel like Jimmy might rather have been on that practice court tonight. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.